0: The immigration officer asking, "So, where will you stay in America?" And he said, "I'm staying at San Jose." <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, there's no
0: place like San Jose in America. Can you spell it out? It's S-A-N-J-O-S-E. Oh, you mean San Jose? You know, here in the states, uh, we pronounce J as as H. Okay. You better uh, remember that when you go to the states, so that people will not be confused. So how long are you staying there from what month to month from what month to what month? <laughs> <Yeah. kind of laughs> so well I'm staying uh, in the month of Hanwadi to uh, to Hulai, maybe moon <laughs> And I'll go into a different place is kinda of difficult. But by the grace of God we're saying, remember in you know, we're just doing our our best, you know, to be understood by the people. You know, my kids I go home and then they will correct my English and now they don't correct my English anymore because I smacked them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a the father, I'm yes. an authority, you know, they have to give you double honor. That, like that. But anyway, I want you to turn your Bibles. One thing I like about your churches: whenever I ask Pastor Padilla, how long do you want me to preach? Well, as the Holy Spirit leads. Okay, so we may be down to 12 because that is the Holy Spirit telling me to do exactly what I'm going to do. Uh, Turn your Bible to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. Isaiah 40, 31. It says in verse 31, can you get that one? Okay. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. (laughs) Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Just a short one. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for your goodness to us, for the safety coming here, and for the hospitality of this church. Thank you, Lord, for the friendship and the fellowship. Thank you, Father, for our salvation. Lord, I pray that you will bless our study tonight. I pray that you will uh, help me as I present my message tonight. Lord, I pray that will be clear, and that it will be a blessing to everyone. Just name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, some of you may have been to our house in Wellington. If you have been in our house, you will notice that our house is surrounded with uh, trees. They are established trees. And uh, one thing I like about that house is it is surrounded with trees. Okay. And Benny and I the enjoy the singing of the birds you know, early in the morning, especially it's in springtime. All the way down, right. And think about it, you know, morning, New Zealand has a lot of it. different kinds of birds. Right? And I'm sure you know, young people you are more uh, well versed or knowledgeable when it comes to uh, different species of birds <laughs> in New Zealand because you find it here. Like, for example, you have the fantails, you have the albatross, you have kea and kakapo, weka. Give me one. Tui, okay, not the okay. <laughs> tui bird, okay, uh, and then of course kiwi bird, you know, a bird that doesn't fly. Uh, in fact, there's about 200 uh, native bird species in New Zealand, many of which are uh, found nowhere else in the world. Uh, New Zealand is a very, very beautiful place. I like it here, you know, the first time I came here, I said, oh, it's like a little paradise, you know. But did you know that in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the church of Christ, okay, the church like this, okay, has lots of words too. You know, there's a lot of words in the church of Jesus Christ. There are chickens in the church. You know, do you remember when kids call you chicken at school? You know, They call you chicken because you were afraid to do something that they challenged you to do. Well, in the church, you'll find that there's a lot of chickens, too. You know, chickens are those Christians who are always run away from their God-given responsibility. They're chickens. The pastor would approach them. When you do something, oh, no, no, pastor, no, I can't do that. Maybe so-and-so can do it. Okay? I'm a chicken. So in the church of Jesus Christ, there are chickens. There are also turkeys in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, roast turkeys look nice, and they, they're delicious, and they sit beautifully on a plate. But, you know, turkeys are only for special occasions. They're only for special occasions. It's not something that is you served your family every week, And okay? in the States, they only serve it during Thanksgiving Day. Okay? Now, the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ has turkeys as well, okay? just, in case, just in case you don't know that. They are meant for special occasions. You know, they come on special occasions. They serve occasionally, and they pray occasionally, okay? and they read God's word occasionally. So those are the turkeys. And then seen you know, I've seen peacocks. I've being in the church for a long time, I've seen peacocks in the church, and the name describes their character. You know, peacocks are cocky. They are arrogant because of their beauty. They parade their beauty or their beautiful color feathers and they become self-centered and they become smug and arrogant. And that describes the character of some people in the church who are not teachable because of their beauty, because they are self-satisfied and they think, they know everything, they know the Bible from cover to cover. Those are the most difficult people to deal with in the church, you know, being a pastor for so many years, there's a lot of unteachable people in the church. Mm -hmm. Now this is not the right time to look around, (laughs) (laughs) They have a problem with submission, okay? Now, if you've been in the church for long enough, I mean long enough, you will also find vultures. Okay, there are vultures in the church. Vultures, uh, they go around the church and they always look for flesh to devour. I mean, they are very positive on themselves, but they are very negative on other people. Uh, they're always looking for people to criticize, and um, their eyes are always looking for the weak and wounded. Their beaks are too sharp, and their claws are too sharp, and they eat people apart. Okay, they're vultures. And I'm, I'm not sure. I hope you don't have vultures here, okay? It's kind of like uh, it's intense when you have vultures in the church. I'll check the names. <laughs> uh, maybe before they go out. Okay? And there are also roosters in the church. You know, I love roosters. I have nothing to do. I mean, I love animals. I think they're very yummy. Okay? But I love roosters, okay? I used to have one Okay? when I was growing up. But there's one thing I don't like about roosters, Um, they wake me up early in the morning. Especially on the weekends when I want to sleep in, okay, like do something like that. So they wake me up, and the thing with roosters is they always wanted to be heard, and they always wanted to be recognized. And I think that in the Church of the Lord Jesus Christ, there are people like that, they are talkers. They know how to do spiritual talk, okay, but they are not doers. Okay, they come to the pastor after the service. That's good, pastor. I like it. And you know what? And blah 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 blah. But there are no fruits in their lives. They're roosters. They're I mean, uh, they just want to be, uh, uh, to be heard, okay? And they like attention. Even if it's a very small thing, they want to be recognized. They know how to talk spiritual talks, but without any accomplishment so far. So those are the roosters. You can also find lovebirds in the church. Now, lovebirds are a symbol of love, right? Okay, they always use not a symbol of love, and uh, I used to have them years ago in Wellington, and they're very, very nice, but they are very, very delicate birds to look after. Very delicate. In fact, if one party, you need to buy them in pairs. If one of them dies, uh, the other one will die after a few weeks because they easily get lonely, okay? So they're very delicate, and I fear, that There are Christians who are nice, and they're beautiful, and they can do a lot of great things for God. It's just that they are just so delicate. You know, make sure that you shake their hands. <laughs> make sure that when they are not in the church, immediately text them, are you okay? okay? And they are very delicate, and uh, they always feel isolated and lonely. They always feel miserable, and eventually they die. Not physically, but spiritually. They leave the church and look for another loving church. Okay, so they can stay in the church if the church is not, if they feel like it's not loving. And then the last one is what I call pokeko. Okay, Now Pukeko is a very, very colorful. I like the very deep um, velvety blue of the pokeko. I mean red deep. Okay, and then black feathers. They're really nice. But the problem with oketo is the flesh. The flesh is too hard. Okay. Somebody told me you can boil a oketo together with a rock. When the rock is soft, you can eat the oketos. <laughs> <laughs> ok, bukeko is not edible. Okay, they said that the flesh you have to put it in a um, what's called this okay. pressure cooker. Okay and still not very good to eat. Now some Christians, they are very hard, very hard. They have a heart like a rock. And what I mean by that is, they were never touched by a message. The pastor will prepare a message so hard during the week, and then they will pray so hard, and he was praying that the heart of the people will be touched by the message. This person never been touched. He goes home every Sunday after a good preaching message, and he's still the same person. Nothing has changed. Why? Heart, okay? It's like one of those um the parable of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, the seed fell into a stony ground and never grew. Okay, it's not being moved, touched by a powerful message. And I tell you what, almost in every church there are people like that. The heart is just so hard. They're like pocketable, okay. And God said, I made all of those birds for you to see and enjoy. Okay? Some of them are for human consumption. But there is one bird that I want you to be exactly like that bird. Because that bird is different from all other birds. It has characteristics that are unique that you and I can learn and perhaps emulate. Now... The that I'm talking to you about is an eagle. Eagle. Okay, and I'll give you four characteristics of an eagle tonight, and I hope that these characteristics will be a blessing to each and every one of us. Say, Pastor, it's like um, a Sunday school lesson, you know, something you can teach to your kids. And I said to myself, when I was this this a Wednesday night prayer meeting, you guys are tired, uh, so we want something like easy to understand. Okay, so the first thing that I I have learned about this in Isaiah 40, 31. It's that eagles fly through the wind. Eagles fly through the wind. In Isaiah, let's go back to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. It says in that verse, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You know when the Bible says mount up, Mount up. Have you ever thought about that verse? I know some of you probably know that verse from the heart. But the word mount up, it refers to the effortless ease in which an eagle rises up in the sky. Now, it doesn't say that eagles flaps up. It says mount up. When you say mount up, the eagles mount up with their wings. It means that eagles don't fly all the time. Okay, You seldom see eagles flying like that. 90% of their flying time is soaring. 90% of their flying time is gliding. In other words, what the Bible is telling us here, uh, you know, eagles yield to the wind. It is not something somebody taught them to, but it is their nature to fly that way. They soar. okay? They glide. And friends, it is a great picture how a Christian should be. You know, as children of God, we need to soar. We need to yield to the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Okay? Now, uh, there's a lot of things in this world that we cannot control, no matter what we do. Okay? We cannot control world events. Uh, we cannot <clears throat> control natural disasters. We can't control the future. We cannot control health. You can be the healthiest uh, person or you, health, uh, you eat healthy food. If God would say, "Okay, I'm going to give you this kind of disease," you cannot control. You cannot choose your biological parents. You cannot choose your siblings. There's a lot of things that is completely out of control. Okay, as a pastor, you know what? I cannot control the hearts of the people in our church. I'm sure Brother Edna could can, uh, you know, can relate to that or agree with that 100%. I cannot control the hearts of the people. I can choose a message, and I'm going to read the passage, I'm going to expound, I'm going to explain, and I'm going to give illustrations. People will go home. It is really entirely up to them if they want to apply it into their lives. I cannot control people's decision. So there's a lot of things we cannot control, but as Christians, we need to learn to completely yield to the Holy Spirit's control. Because He will carry us through the storm of different challenges of life and ministry. What I'm saying here is we don't need to struggle and fight against the storms of life. We need to learn to sow. We need to learn to yield. We need to learn to, to glide. And through the leading of the Holy Spirit, uh, we need to do that, you know, as children of God. And when I say that, I don't mean don't do anything and have an attitude of que sera, sera whatever will be, will be. No, let, go, let God. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about our total dependence on the power of the Holy Spirit to take us through the wind. Okay? That is exactly what the Bible wants us to do And it says mount up like eagles. It means you have to deal with the things that God wants you to do. By the way, I'm soaring enables the eagle to get a better view of what is hoping around him. He is not busy flapping his wings. He is busy just sorry and looking at those things around him. Okay? And uh, uh, he's very much at easy looking at everything down below. And I think that as believers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we may not understand everything that is going on in our lives, but God wants us to see things clearly through his eyes. Friends, that is wisdom. You know, intellect is something that you can get from school, but wisdom is something that you can get from the scriptures. Pastor, what is wisdom? Yep. Wisdom is doing things through the eyes of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yep. There are some things that you may not understand in your Christian walk, but wisdom is something that God has given to us. God wants us to see things clearly. You may not understand things, but you know that you are gliding, you are yielding to the leading of the Holy Spirit. So I think, uh, as a child of God, we need to get on our knees from time to time and begin to soar like an eagle, saying, God, you know what? I don't understand what is going on at the moment, but I know what people show you are in control. Amen? Amen. Let's look at the second one here. Eagles fly higher than the storm. They fly higher than the storm. An eagle does not allow the storm to overcome him. You know, in the good weather... He would just glide with the wind. But on a stormy weather, he could fly above the storm. That's why God said this, be like an eagle. Okay? Now turn with me to Psalm 123, verse 2. In the book of Psalm, chapter 123, verse 2. Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hands of their masters... And as the eyes of a maiden under the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon our God until he have mercy upon. That means we have to focus our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ all the time. He is the author and he is the finisher of our faith. Yes. Uh, I like the song that was sung by uh, the quartet over here. Like focusing your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. And then there's another verse in the book of Micah, chapter 7, verse 7. In Micah chapter 7, verse 7, Therefore I will look unto the Lord, I will wait for the God of my salvation, my God will hear me. And then, you know, there's a lot of uh, passages that talk about looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus. He's the author, you know, he's the finished line. In these two passages, we are commanded to get our eyes off ourselves and then start to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Focus on him. Whatever is happening. You know, I hear people say, uh, you know what, we're worried about what's happening in the world today. Man, if things don't change in our country, we're finished. The petrol price and all of those things, the pandemic, all of that. You know what? Christians shouldn't live that way. We don't live by the news. We live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. I mean, if you are waiting for the perfect job and if you're waiting for the perfect spouse, And if you're looking for a perfect church, and if you're looking for perfect people to surround you, you will have to wait for a long, long Okay, time. That's not going to happen. Nobody's perfect. No church is perfect. No spouse is perfect. No pastor is perfect. Because we are sinners. Saved only by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You just have to wait for a long time. Now, so many people uh, seem so frustrated by the imperfection of the surroundings, simply because they have not grass that life is filled with imperfection. Welcome to Planet Earth. And I'm sorry to be a human. Okay, because we all make mistakes. There are going to be days when your wife's chicken is overcooked. Or wife's cooking is overcooked. Correct? Or your husband's cooking is overcooked. Or the toast is burnt. Okay? There are going to be Days where you wake up in the morning to go to work and then there's traffic jams. Okay. There's an accident, or perhaps all of a sudden, four or five families in the church, church families, got sick, and it ended up just your family and maybe a few single people over there. Okay, um, there will be times where your boss is going to be so demanding that you want to feel you feel like you're leaving the job, but you can't. Uh, and friends, that's really just the way life works. We are living in an imperfect world, imperfect planet, imperfect environment, imperfect church. Everything is imperfect. And if you're looking for something that is perfect, you might have to wait for a long, long time. You know, in the Old Testament, it is filled with a lot of stories where the children of God suffered a lot in the hands of the enemy. And yet by faith, they go, or they went through all of those. In the New Testament, the same thing. You know, but then, uh, here's my advice and the challenge to everybody. If your church disappoints you, the great commission remains. Amen. You still have to do soul winning, even if you are just by yourself. If your church disappoints you, the worship of God remains. Even if nobody comes to the Wednesday night Minister, Pray, maybe. it's just your your pastor and his family, and just you by yourself sitting there. Amen. Mm-hmm. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of Assemblies, but exhorting one another so much the more as we see the day approaching. Which part of that we didn't understand? Mm-hmm. You know, um, when uh, the Apostle Paul, if you remember, he was thrown in, in, in prison. You know what he did? Did he cry? Did he uh, he, um, get discouraged? Did he text everybody what is me? I'm in prison. Is that what he did? The apostle Paul used that as an opportunity to write his churches known to us today as the epistles of the apostle Paul. Mm -hmm. You know what? Most of those epistles were written while he was suffering inside prison. Mm -hmm. and and rats crawling all over the place not enough food, it's dark and you name it but his eyes were on eternal glory he carried on, he started churches he spread the gospel, he won people to the Lord Jesus Christ he uh, discipled and he trained converts and if you think that the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ is hard and it is difficult, just read the book of Acts Mm -hmm. okay Let's look at the third point here. It's just like it's a very good message. Eagles strengthen themselves as they grow older. Eagles strengthen themselves as they grow older. Let's look at Psalm 103, verse 5. In Psalm 103, verse 5, it says, Who satisfies thy mouth will do things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Have you ever thought about that verse? I mean, I have I known this verse when I was a kid. And I kept thinking, how can you renew your youth? You know, if you're old, you're old. Amen? Right, Adrian? <laughs> You know, at times... The the eagle will go through, I am not sure if you know this, multi-process, have you heard about that? Multi-process that can bring with it Great Depression. You know, certain eagles live for about 30 years or more, and then they begin to lose their feathers, and then their beak and their claws begin to change, and they will lose their strength to fly, and this is the most discouraging time in the life of an eagle. So instead of flying and hunting for food, the mountain eagle will stay in the valley, and he dwells there. Very discouraged, very depressed. And if there are several eagles staying in the valley, occasionally they will kill each other <coughs> as they gather in one place. Is this what happens in the church? We kill each other, right? Okay. I mean, usually, um, church members who kill each other, those church members who don't serve. That's right. If you're not what you call this rowing the boat, you have a lot of time to wrap the boat. Okay? Somebody said that church is the only army in the world where everybody shoots each other. But anyway, the lesson here is when a Christian gets discouraged, just like the eagle, they stop serving. When Christians get discouraged, they stop giving. And then they prefer to stay in the valley of depression. He will stop praying, he will stop giving, he will stop serving. And this is the time when Satan comes along and compliments you, saying, you know what, you have done a lot of things for God for the past years, you have served God, why don't you take a rest and relax for a few number of years, or or, you know, uh, you don't need to serve all the time. This is when the devil comes, and Satan's job is to render us, useless before God, especially when we are in the darkest hour of our Christian life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is when the devil comes along. And you have to be very careful. In fact he did that to the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember the Lord Jesus Christ was fasting for how many days? Mm-hmm. Forty days and forty nights he wasn't eating and then Satan came along and he took a plant. They say, why don't you turn this stone into a bread? And then three times he tempted to try to tempt the Lord Jesus Christ. And the tactics of the devil is still the same until until now. Do you remember Eve? When was uh, Lucifer in, in 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 a form of a snake came to Eve? Was she when she when she was with her husband, or when she was alone? When she was all by herself? Okay. The devil knows when your or where your weakest points are. That is the devil comes along and he will use that as an attack to the character of God. You know what? Uh, God is not giving you everything that he has to give you. That's exactly what he said to, uh, to Eve. So the molting eagle, going back to the molting eagle, the molting eagle gets discouraged and stays in the valley. He loses his desire to fly. He loses the joy and the thrill to soar and to hunt for food. And then he sits in the valley all day long. And then they will begin to walk shifting side by side. Because he's been sitting there all the time, when he stands up, he walks like this. You know, that's why your doctor tells you to exercise, right? Okay, because if you don't exercise and you're a cash potato, that's exactly what's going to happen to you. Exactly what's happening to the eagles, okay? Now, it is the same thing with us. Okay? To have one person similar to this is probably okay in the church. When somebody is like um, sitting there walking like this and with an attitude, probably one person two people in the church is okay. But you know what? It's contagious. Laziness is contagious. It will affect other people. One living, even as the, the whole lot. Okay? And uh, the problem is this attitude is contagious. And if we are not careful, it's possible for your church to have a whole bunch of discouraged people who don't want to have anything to do for God anymore. Okay? But here's the good news. God created eagles different from other birds, and God gave eagles the instinct to life on the rock where the sun can shine directly on them. In fact, this is something that scientists just couldn't explain. No scientist could explain this, okay? Uh, Other eagles who were not in molting process, okay, they would fly up there, and then they would create noise from the sky, and it seems like they are crying to the molting eagles down below in the valley, saying, what are you doing down there? They will make some noises, okay, and they try to wake up the discouraged molting eagle. They will cry and then they will never stop. Okay, they will make noises. As far as I said, it's something that scientists could not explain. And what they were saying is, get up, fly with us, soar. And then the molting eagle would begin to scratch his claws, okay. Until they are worn down, so it will grow again. The claws will grow again. And then they will begin to eat the meat provided by those other eagles who are not in molting products. They will drop meat to them, and then they will begin to stand up. And then the eagle would look up to the sun, and then uh, begin to shed tears. is something designed by God, so that they can clearly see again. And then slowly and gradually spread their wings, and then they will fly again. No wonder God said this. Your youth is renewed like eagles. Like eagles. You know what? Nobody gets old in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I am 62 years old. I know I look like 26. but I'm not trying to be funny. I'm going to 63 this year. Oh, sorry. I'm re- no, no, no. I'm 62. I'm 62. Okay. So I just had my birthday. But you know what? There are Christians all over the place. They grow old, but they never grow up. Yep. They grow old. You know, they walk, they drive, they work, they buy a house, they buy a car, send their kids to school, they go to church, they go home, they work, they eat. But you know what? They never made an impact to anybody because they live their lives to themselves. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live my life never made an impact to anyone. Why would I be alive never making an impact to anyone? I never touched anybody's life. I never changed anybody's life because I live to myself. My career, my job, my kids, my family, my house. Everything is all about myself, and a lot of Christians—they will die, they will grow old, but they will never grow up. Pastor, I can't do that. I can't do this, and they, their lives were full of complaints and negativity. Negativity. There's a lot of Christians like that, and they stay in the valley of depression. Friends, if that is your situation right now, why don't you go back to the scriptures in the book of Lament- Lamentation, where it says. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. What's the next one? They are new every morning, and grace is Thy faithfulness. Did you know that the mercies of God are being renewed every morning? That's why in the book of, um, I think in the book of Romans, chapter twelve, verse one, where, where the apostle Paul encouraged the uh, his reader saying. I I beseech you, therefore, brethren, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You need to offer your life to Him on a daily basis, not just once and for all. I mean, in comparison to the sacrifice in the Old Testament, where they offer the sacrifice and that's it. But God wants living sacrifice. You know, God wants us to present our bodies to Him as a living sacrifice. Our... um, our usefulness is being renewed every morning. Uh, I believe that, um, past, I mean, <coughs> I don't think pastors should die in an huh? alcohol <laughs> Do you think so. <laughs> I believe we should die behind the pulpit until we can still go, until we can stand behind the pulpit and preach. I think uh, there's no retirement. That's my. That's I believe anyway. I don't know what other pastors believe, it's really entirely up to them. But my pastor, he died in the Philippines, yeah. but he died in the States, but my pastor in the Philippines, he died at the age of, I think, 88. Yeah, and he was still in the ministry. Is that the right number? Because my wife knows everything. <laughs> 86, 87, 88. Seven. 87. Sorry, 87. That age of 87. And during the pandemic, he still sits there. Okay. He comes to church every Sunday and he was so faithful, he was like this. And I remember when he came to our church, I was five years old, he was 35, and he's been my pastor for since I was five years old. Never changed any pastor. I was so loyal to him. But he died at the age of 87, serving the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I, I don't know about that, but there are some pastors they retired at the age of sixty. Okay. Then they go all over the world. There's nothing wrong about it. I'm saying there's something wrong about it. But what I'm saying here is that God's design for us is that His mercy will be in you every morning. doesn't mm-hmm. matter how old you are, you can still do a lot of great things for God. I mean, I mean this is just an encouragement, especially young people. You know, after you get married, you know what? You, your, um, your priority is to your family. Believe me, at the moment it's good. You know, you're serving the Lord. You come here. Take advantage of that. Once you get married, your husband or your wife will say, Oh, I want to stay home, honey. Why come to the prayer meeting? Okay, and now you're having an option. Right? Okay, that's why you have to renew your strength. The mercy of God is in you every day. Okay. let's look at the last one. You guys okay? Yeah. Come you on. Know, Let's look at the last one. Number four, baby eagles rely completely on their parents. Baby eagles rely completely on their parents. You know, it's very interesting to note that the mother eagle, together with the father eagle, would make a nest and put a lot of stuff in that nest for the mother eagles. Uh, Mother eagle lays eggs, okay? And when the egg is hatched, the mother will make sure her eaglet, they call it baby eagle, eaglet, uh, gets proper nourishment and she wants her baby eagle to grow and to have a comfortable place. And then the baby eagle would reach a certain age when the mother eagle says in her mind, it's time to teach Junior how to fly. And you know what she's gonna do? She will remove all the stuff in the nest. The feathers and the leaves to make it very uncomfortable for the baby eagle to stay. And then for the very first time, the little eagle begins to stretch his wings, okay, and his legs, and then he will learn to stand on his own. And you know what? A lot of times that's that the Lord does it to us. He will remove some comfortable things in our lives. Right? I mean, Christianity is all, it's not all about joy and happiness and fellowship and food. There's a lot of challenges in the ministry. There's a lot of problems in the ministry. In fact, if you are not ready for challenges and problems and difficulties, and you have some kind of onion skin as a young person, don't even think of entering the the ministry because it's exactly what's going to happen to you. There will be times you will be just by yourself. There will be times where people will talk about even you, if you're not doing anything. Okay? So, uh, this is exactly what God does to us. A lot of times, the Lord will put us in a very, very difficult situation. Why? So that you learn how to stand. Okay? And stretch your wings. And if you are in that situation, praise God about it. Because the Lord is doing something great for you. You know when God says, I gave you life and I blessed you and I took good care of you. It is time for you to fly. It's time for you to leave your nest. And it's time for you to run. It's time for you to grow up. You know what? look around and think what you can do in the advancement of the world's kingdom. When things in the church begin to be uncomfortable, it is time for you to think. It happened to me, you know how I started that? We started that VBCW in Wellington. The Lord puts me in a situation. And I remember my pastor in the Philippines, he told me, you're going overseas. If you cannot find a church, start going. And it stuck into my head. I couldn't find Baptist Baptist Union is not a good church. I've been there several times. It's totally they should remove the name Baptist. So if you are in a difficult situation, praise God about it because the Lord is doing something. It's like that mother eagle removing all the comfortable stuff in the nest. The feathers and other things. And then when the baby eagle feels that way, okay, I don't feel comfortable in this nest anymore. Then the mother eagle would then bear the eagle on her wings. And then she jumps off the side of the cliff and lifts her eaglets up in the sky and then drops him off. Can you imagine? Okay, if you have a baby, okay, I'll throw you in the window, Okay, so that you can learn. This is exactly what the mother eagle does to her kid. Okay? And then the eaglet would then scream real loud <coughs> as it falls to the ground. It is a high-pitched scream. And didn't you know that the mother eagle could fly faster than he could fall to the ground? I mean the mother eagle could fly 150k per hour have you 150 and 100K? That is how fast. the mother eagle. And then he would catch, or she would catch uh, her eaglets before he would reach the ground and then give him another try. Do so you think it happens once? Again and again and again and again until the baby eagle learns to fly like himself. Is that good? Is that what the Bible says in the book of Exodus? Chapter 19 verse 4 35 was the Exodus chapter 19 verse 4 in Exodus chapter 19 verse 4 it says ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you okay speaking to the children of Israel <laughs> how I bear you on eagle's wings and brought you unto myself friends the character of God in the Testament, in the church age is still the same yeah. God puts you on his wings And then drops you off, and before you fall to the ground, the Lord will catch you again. That is how awesome our God is. Yeah. And so many times in our Christian life, God carries us on His wings so that we can learn to fly, and we feel like God doesn't care. Doesn't care for me anymore. He drops me off. And so many times um, we ask, Lord, where is my nest? Lord, where is my comfort? Lord, where is this? Lord, you have abandoned me. Then God will say to you when that happens, it's time for you to fly. It's time for you to be by yourself. It is time for you to grow. And I want you to know, I fly faster. Before you fall into the ground, I can catch you with my wings. And sometimes people think that Christianity is a life of, and happiness, and it is a lot of conferences, and soul-winning conferences, and time for shared lunch, and camps, and all of those things. You know, people like to attend camps, especially if it is composed of 10 different churches. Well, it's big, it's nice to sing, and then you, you sing your favorite hymn, and you sing your favorite special yeah. item. That is very discouraging sometimes. You know, why? as soon as you go back to church, there's about 10 people there. That's why people say, oh, I miss that camp. You know, there's a hundred of us. That's not reality. Yes. You know, sweet fellowship and things like that that. Like good preaching, and the pastors will take turns and then they preach their favorite messages and your challenge. Then you go back to your church and there's nobody there. They have the same faces, you know, critical people. <laughs> okay. Oh, another year to wait before the camp. Because that is not what church is all about. Okay. That's not what church is all about. There are challenges in the church. It's not all about fun and fellowship and food. It is not all about challenging messages. That's not what the Bible tells us. It says that you know those people who live godly in this world shall have tribulation. But this is the promise of God to you: Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. I am that mother bird. This is the time when Jesus or God. I use himself as an eagle, as an inspiration. I drop you off from time to time. But I can fly faster and then pick you up again and again and again. You know, during the pandemic, many Christians heard that. They are, they are completely discouraged. You know, there are some people after the pandemic, it's time for them to go to church. They don't want to go to church anymore. Why? Well, they got used to staying home with their pajamas and watching the pastor on stream. That is not church. Is not church, yeah. is like this. Yep, church is the body of the Lord Jesus. Christ. <laughs> now we might fall, but God is faster and He is now. Closing, okay. I don't know what kind of bird you are. What are you in the church? Are you a rooster? Okay. Are you a oh, pickup? You're so beautiful, but not as compassing are you the kind of uh, Christian who is not teachable because you think you know everything? You know, you've been a Christian for many years, and you know the Bible over to over, and it feels like you're more intelligent than the pastor. You know, the greatest enemy in the
2: church today is the Internet. Yep. There was a time, when I was growing up,
0: okay, the pastor would say this, I want you to have the kind of haircut, the kind of dress, and this is our doctrine, and yes, pastor. Okay. Today, today, Obviously, I want you to have this kind of uh, dress and this kind of haircut and I want you to act this way and this is our doctrine, you know, the practice distinctive. Let me check on the internet password and tell you the truth. There are hundreds of comparisons, okay, and then your church people will come to you and then question your doctrine. It is very difficult now. Than ever so I don't know what kind of bird you are, but if you are not like an eagle, it's time for you to bend your knees and say Lord I want to be an eagle I'm putting my trust completely 100% you can you can drop me off anytime I know that you can catch me anytime so, friends that is what we call trust okay, so let's pray Heavenly Father thank you Lord for tonight thank you Lord for the things that we have learned about the eagle so just thank you that it is written in the Bible it's just one verse but it is just so rich Lord, thank you that uh, you renew, uh, our strength every day. Thank you, Lord, for your mercies and grace that you have provided for us and you keep uh, on providing for us. Thank you, Father, for this church. Thank you, Lord, that you are uh, good to this church and, every other, and other churches in, in, in this country. Lord, I pray that you will help us, sustain us. The world will be completely rich in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: He's looking for people. He's looking for um, all of us to stand in the gap and make up the hedge for the land that he should let destroy it. And sad so to say, God said in that verse, I found none. He found no one. Hopefully you are here tonight. And God found you. I do not know. That is why I do not know how the message, you know. Um, came, and how the message settled in your heart, and the Lord will deal with that with you. Tonight, if you are here and you still have that desire that the Lord will use you, he will use you, but I think you need to come, I think you need to come. You need to talk to Him. Do not presume that God will talk to you right there. Come to the altar. Just do not presume that God knows your heart. Just do not presume. Give it into the Lord. And talk to Him once and for all. Talk to Him. Allow Him to work if you don't allow him to work the same thing is true when he said i found none oh i hope that he found one in